and welcome to this week's edition of The Time and Place, the Gospel Conversation Show, where we discuss faith on the fringes and do our best to bring God's Word to God's world. Uh, my name is Solomon, this is Julian, and today we're going to be talking about Jordan Peterson and is he a heretic or a lost person or a saved person or how is he wrestling with God? Just that whole situation. He was on Rogan recently, so he's spewing off his usual stuff, <laughs> and we want to talk about Jordan Peterson. But first, Julian, what the heck is going on in the world today? Uh, icon of free speech, Neil Young, wrote a letter to Spotify. He wrote an open letter, published it in Rolling Stone, uh, directed at Spotify, telling them they could either have Joe Rogan or they could have Neil Young, but they can't have both. Mm. So they had to make a choice. Man, did they make a choice? No, of course yet. not. You know why? Because he doesn't even own his music, so he <laughs> has to remove it anyway. But so it's just the publicity stuff. Yes, it was a. It was him saying, "I'm on the right side." Yeah, it's him saying, "Hey, look, everyone, I've done this thing that is impossible to answer." I'd be willing to bet he has a new album coming out sometime uh, soon. Yeah. So he, he he can't just pull it from Spotify. No, he can't because he doesn't own it. Who owns it? Whatever record company puts his stuff up. What? How do they feel about this? I'm sure they're, <laughs> they're like, yeah, let's just lose yeah. money. Why not? Yeah, and so Spotify has to look at saying, hmm. So every Joe Rogan episode gets about right. 11 million views. Whereas uh, we're paying for Neil Young. Most people don't know who yeah. Neil Young is. Most, there was a lot of I didn't know Neil Young was still alive <laughs> comments on that. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of which, um, we lost old Meatloaf. Oh yeah, and Louis Anderson. Those are two that I couldn't honestly say I knew were still alive <laughs> either. But you know, it's sad to see Meatloaf die from uh, from uh, Fight Club fans. Did you know him fans. as a uh, actor before you knew him as a singer? Oh yeah, yeah. I didn't even know who that. Whether like Meatloaf I was like, who's Meatloaf? I remember and in like, high school, one of my friends' dads that. was really into Meatloaf. So every time we'd be in his car, he'd have Meatloaf on. <laughs> what a terrible like name. <laughs> Meatloaf. Why is that your? I mean, it's, it's not even hardcore. Like, it's not no, but neither are his songs really. But oh, it, uh, he was that kind of rock, or though, like, right? Yeah, like, I mean, he was I an would opera do... rock. Yeah, exactly. It, it was very, very <laughs> like the video for "I Will Do Anything for Love." Yeah, he's it's... all. He's always wearing those like Shakespeare shirts yeah. and stuff. Yes, I don't get meatloaf from any of that though. <laughs> I don't get bad out of hell from any of that either. Well, that's what I'm saying. He's got a song called "Bad out of Hell," and. His name's Meatloaf. Yeah. That doesn't make... I don't, I don't get the you, connection. Maybe he got that. Like, you can't pick your nickname. You just get stuck with it. Maybe that was just... Somebody called him Meatloaf, and it just never... He's ate a lot of Meatloaf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Start calling you Meatloaf. That's weird. Yeah. He was really good in Fight Club, too. They're the character, really. Robert Paulson. Yeah. His name is Robert Paulson. Yeah. That's all I knew him from. But and then... Yeah. Louis Anderson. I, did you watch the Louis Anderson cartoon? Oh, yeah. You were Life, of Life of Louis? Yeah. Still love that show. Pepper. I don't know. <laughs> that little voice. I don't know who saw Pepper. him and thought, you know what? Children's cartoon. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I know. It's like same with uh, Bobby's World, right? That yeah. Was, How was that Mandel? Mandel? Yeah. yeah. They just started cartoon. I guess you can't eat a sitcom. <laughs> so <laughs> the next thing cartoon. Cosby and Seinfeld are getting sitcoms and <laughs> Louis and... Uh, did you know John Mulaney had a sitcom? A sitcom? Yeah, for like a season. I something's appearing in my head. It was just called Mulaney. Maybe, yeah. And it was familiar. it was basically Seinfeld. 
Oh. But him. Okay. He was Jerry. He played himself? Like, yeah. Yeah, he played himself as a as stand-up a comedian. comedian. Yes. Oh, it man. It was all of that. It was just Seinfeld. Oh, that's like Louie. Yeah, basically. I, I always thought Louis Louis C.K.'s show was a, a new version of Seinfeld. Mm. You know, because it was him as a kid playing himself and sort of slightly off, you know, characters right. in his life. So, like, Herb, same thing. Yeah, yeah. But more of a comedian at yeah, being like, because it, it showed him doing stand up too. That was the big connection, I think, with Seinfeld was that it actually showed him doing stand up. Right. Like Seinfeld. Did Mulaney show you that? Yes. It literally opened with him doing stand up exactly like Seinfeld. <laughs> there's, there's a scene where he's wearing jeans and like dad shoes mm. and a butt. He just looks like Seinfeld. He's wearing the Seinfeld outfit. The long sleeve tucked yeah. into jeans. Yes. Like, <laughs> yeah. He had a blazer over it, so it was classic. Yeah. Oh, Mulaney's so funny, dude. Um, that's funny. Uh, so, what what was the what are you saying? The outcome? Nothing. 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 Yeah. Neil Young's still on Spotify. Nobody's listening. Yeah. Rogan's fine. I mean, but, that, I mean, there's a full court press on Rogan right now. Wasn't there a bunch of scientists and doctors trying to get well, him off? Well, scientists too? Like, and doctors are generous. It, it, yeah. it started off as 83 doctors, which was the, the headline. Or, no, it was 100 doctors, and then it turned out to be a couple of doctors, some veterinarians. Some podcast hosts, veterinarians, uh, some nurse practitioners, yeah, veterinarians. Which I guess technically are doctors. Just trying to get anybody, anybody medically affiliated in any way. If you don't like Joe Rogan, sign this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which does nothing but bring more attention right, to, Joe to Joe Rogan. Yeah. Well, somebody was talking about the, the I think it was Tim Pool was saying the reason he thinks they're going so hard on podcasts now is because it's the last thing where it's not corporate and sanitized and controlled. Yeah. Like, it's the only medium left where you can just be outrageous and say whatever you want, and it doesn't matter. Yeah. And people are listening. Right. A that's, lot of that's a big deal, because you can always kind of do that in some form, but right. nobody's listening. And then now they're there. Now you've had the That's where, that's, the like, that's media now. Yeah. It's, you know, I've been thinking about this. It's kind of weird thinking about, because I listen to a lot of podcasts, mm-hmm. and I feel like I'm kind of tapped into that world, okay. you know, of podcasts. Right. And, because I don't watch the news. Right. I don't have like cable mm-hmm. or satellite mm-hmm. or like watch any sort of regular television programming. Uh, so I'm trying to imagine what it'd be like if you did. Like who's watching? <laughs> like who's watching the Today Show? Just old people. People at the doctor's office. Like Good Morning America. That's yeah. The only time I like see the airport. Doc- yeah, doctor's appointment. Bank. Right. Stuff like that. But it's so weird because like there's a there's a world out there where people watch. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, who's true. watching Jimmy Kimmel and Fallon and like all uh, Colbert and like all those old people? Like, <laughs> that's it. it doesn't seem like they're trying to gear towards that though. Like it's really weird. Or Saturday Night Live. Like who's watching yeah, Pete Davidson? That's a good question. Because like you think of the realm of comedy, you think of Joe Rogan right. and like his crew and, and all the Bobby people. Lee, right. Crystal Lee. Right, right. But, and then it's like, where does uh, Pete Davidson fit in that? I don't think he does. He doesn't really because he's so like what world does he live in? That's what's so weird. I mean, exclusively TV, right? Because he does. It's the good morning, but them all yeah. people watching Saturday Night Live. I mean, who's watching Comedy Central? <laughs> I don't know who's watching television. <laughs> Somebody has it's... to be because they talk about numbers, like they get ratings just from who it's I don't just, know. It's just got to be on somewhere. No one's watching it. Like it's just someone's clicked. Well, TV somebody on. was talking about that how airports cut their contract with CNN. Mm. And that might be why their ratings drop by 90% because they're not in airports anymore. They're not just on. What do they have now? Uh, hotels, I think, still have a deal with them. Oh, what are, what's playing at airports? 
That's a good question. I don't know. I haven't Don't been run. in an airport. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just stream it on there. Yeah, that's what I think because, like, if you go to the any, – anywhere at the mall, it's not like mall music anymore. Somebody just puts on their iPod or whatever, their oh. iPhone, their Spotify playlist, and that's what you hear. At the mall? Yeah, in stores. Especially because – I don't know when the last time – Oh, you, yeah. You know, you went to the mall with well, – It's not like Muzak. It's yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's, it's real radio music. anymore. Yeah. So you're saying it's just real music. It's just real music, yeah. yeah. So I feel like that's going to be the thing in stores that places do with TVs. They're just going to put on, like, something. Whatever the person who's working wants to see. <laughs> the Simpsons is just on. <laughs> yeah, that'd be, how great would that be, though? If you just walk in, it's a random Simpsons. That's, or... what you, that's what we need. Just at the airport, just watch it. No, that'd be fine. That'd make it less unbearable. Right. So I got to lay over. It's okay. You, you might want to Watch stay. a couple of... <laughs> I don't you know. want to see how this one ends. Yeah. Or Seinfeld. Or just some like, classic sick. That's what they need. I remember... Nick at Night. They need to put like... Oh, Mary Tyler Moore show. They need to put like old stuff. Jefferson's on until you're waiting for an airplane and just... <laughs> that's what I mean, we're in the country. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, Nick at Night went downhill when they stopped doing that. Now they just play Friends and Fresh Prince of Bel-Air like back-to-back. <laughs> wow. That's the oldies now. I know, but they used to have at least like a variety. Like you watch Dick Van Dyke or Bob Newhart. Or, yeah. You know, they had, a, they had a whole, yeah, Brady Bunch, Happy Days. Dude, I never liked the Brady Bunch. I didn't like the Brady Bunch. I did watch a lot of Happy Days, though. I thought Happy Days was pretty good. I don't like Happy Days. Oh, I really like Happy Days. That is just that whole like 70s <laughs> stuff is just so. <laughs> but it was set in the 50s. Yeah, but it, I don't know. It was still 70s TV. It's yeah. so awful. <laughs> Like I think seventies might be the worst. Oh no, that's my favorite for television. Uh yeah, for television. That's my favorite time period. Like if I had to pick a decade to live in that wasn't now, yeah, nineteen seventies. Everybody just looks all sweaty. Don't they? You're watch. You're watch like Bonanza or Dukes of Hazzard, like or they're just sweating. And it's like, we oh man! Energy crisis, Solomon. There's that's I get that's before they figured out those big disc cover things for lighting. For sun, and it's just sun. sun. It's just sunlight on Little House on the Prairie. It's just sunlight <laughs> blasting them, and you can feel. It. I just feel like sweaty well, watching seventies television. They used to try to mitigate that by putting Vaseline on the camera lens. <laughs> it was supposed to like it was like a primitive filter. You would just like smear a layer on. Is that why everything's all hazy? Yeah, exactly. Like, That's exactly why. It's, it's Vaseline you're looking through. Oh man, yeah. That's probably know. the worst time for television. I hate Mash. Eighties, nineties, sixties. Mash is pretty bad. Who can watch Mash? But I, I just feel that way about like Full House too. Like who's watching Full House? Uh, I mean that's not. I mean that's. Uh, yeah, Full House sucked. Full House did suck. Right? I think Full House just sucked. Full House was terrible. But I mean, I wasn't a father in that time. I guess. Yeah, but that was like TGIF. When I go back and look at TGIF, Boy Meets World is great. Boy Meets World, that's it. That's fantastic. Home Improvement was good. Man, I tried to watch Home Improvement. Oh, I love Home Improvement. I, I don't. I don't know. Like, didn't. <laughs> gotta give it a try. Like, resonate with muscle you. through the first. <laughs> He's just so. Yeah, jump ahead. It's that. It's that moronic dad mm-hmm. you know just like he's a complete idiot and besides like has it's almost it's too much when he's on the show first of all why is he wearing a suit and tie because it's a, a tv show it's a tool tv but show it's a tv show oh my god nonetheless it's he's with power tools he's always rolling up his sleeves and moving the tie out of the way <laughs> don't wear a suit and tie on a Power tool That's show. How you did it back in the day. He's got a, He needs to be like a jumpsuit, like was, a well, yeah. mechanic. You know. Well, that's why Al always has. The, yeah, the, you dress like Al. Yeah, <laughs> but no, Al dresses like Al. 
This is if I was the Owls Street it, Man. I just didn't get that. That's like all. the the old like bank teller in every TV show. They had the little sleeve garters on. <laughs> what was that for? That to was keep so you it from get like the ink on your yeah on your to keep your sleeves up. Yeah, your sleeves up. So you wouldn't get ink on your sleeves. Huh. That's interesting. Or the little clear visor. I don't know what that yeah. was for. Yeah, it was like the accountants <laughs> yeah. like typing. That's like the Hunter S. Thompson. Yes, visor <laughs> thing. Yeah. Oh man. That's funny. It did have, I mean, Frasier was on. That was good. Oh, Frasier is probably, it's, it goes Seinfeld and Frasier. Mm. Favorite TV shows of all time. Ooh. And then like The Wire. Were you a friends, were you a friends person? I watched it and I I could appreciate like its cultural relevance, I mm. guess, with the coffee shops and the right, right, right. New York. Grand it Village was very crap. 90s, 2000, like super. Yeah. That, more 90s. But I watch it now and I'm like, whoa, this sucks. <laughs> you know right it's very like it, 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 they've done it with a few shows where they take the laugh track out yes and you don't know where to laugh yes you're like oh that was the joke okay sorry yeah because we just don't do tv like that anymore like what big bang theory had a laugh track that was like the last yeah that major... i've seen that one where they took out the laugh yeah. track and it's like well oh. that show's not funny with the laugh track we only say that because we worked at a comic book store <laughs> And we saw the real, real life version of the we, we saw all the stupid moms put, put put you know pushing their head into yeah, the door. Oh Is Sheldon here? Like shut up. That Get out. <laughs> that's not how comic book people are. It's not. That's not how comic book people At are. All, no. It, it isn't. It really those are the worst like who who got comic people, comic book people right was Kevin Smith. Yes. In like Chasing yes. Amy and like those like, rats. just the meanest <laughs> jerkiest <Hate> gatekeepers <laughs> you, you, i hate you if you read a comic oh, read true. the wrong comic like that's more kind of what it's like <laughs> super it isn't great but it's accurate at least you had to have like at least for every 10 people three ponytails there's a ponytail and goatee with the uh the scullet <laughs> i want that to come back bald with just hair down just the back wispies yeah and long hair yeah, I, I think people do that so that when someone's describing them, they can say, oh, you know, Joe with the long hair. With the lo <laughs> Not Joe who's bald. Right. With the long hair, the ponytail. And so you'll think, oh, he's he's not bald. <laughs> I think that's what, why those guys do I'm that. Bald, I have a ponytail. Yeah. I have long hair. I have long hair. So, yeah, that's on the back, you've got all bald on the top. Yeah. Anyway. So, I think... Joe Rogan's safe on Spotify. Oh, yeah, forever, especially with what they paid him. They're not cutting him. Yeah, but it is weird to think about that world that watches normal network television. Yeah. Like CSI and, like, the Today Show, you know. Anyway. That I mean, that's – I imagine that's who – when I go into a store and they're still wearing a mask, that's who I'm thinking. That's who watches Saturday Night Live? Yeah, maskies. Somebody wearing a mask. Yeah, an old lady with big sunglasses, or like, a... or like the View. Like, who's watching yeah. these shows? They're on. Who's watching these shows? That see the View. That's very much what I think of. Like, oh, I'm stuck at the doctor's office. Yeah, and they haven't changed the channel. It's on ABC still. The yeah. View is on. I don't know, man. It's like, are we weird? Are we the weird no, ones? I think... don't watch television like that. No, I don't think because I, I don't think anybody. Younger than I, I think we're the transition generation, yeah, from TV to internet, and everybody younger than us doesn't even watch like TV, yeah, they watch TikTok all day, or yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's what everybody watches, yeah, and I'm not even it. like really on social media, so I'm not even in that world, right, either. But, but you stream, right? Like, I mean, I stream everything and podcasts and right. stuff, and so it's not 
I'm not like watching network TV or cable. We only so, have TVs for streaming. Like we right. don't have cable. There's nothing. Me, me, me too. And half the time, what's what's funny too is what I catch myself doing is putting on the TV just to have background noise. Like I'm not uh-huh. even really watching it. How do you do that with streaming? I just stream something like a season. You of have whatever. to choose something. Yeah, you just put on whatever. Yeah, you go to the office usually. Just put it on. Sim, the background. I would do that with cable, but I don't do that with. No, it's, I think it's it's streaming. Like, uh, streaming is more intentional. Yeah, but if it's a season you've seen like four or five times, you know what's coming up. You're barely paying attention. Yeah, that's true. I see that with documentaries. I would put on because I could listen to them and I'd have to watch them. So if I was going to do a big project, I'd put on a documentary. Yeah. Just write it out. Yeah, I listen to a lot of podcasts just kind of for that. Maybe kind of sort of just background. Like I'm not really listening too much. Yeah, right. Just kind it's of not on. quiet. I don't want to quiet. Yeah. It's no, I don't think we're weird. I think that's the new world. Joe Rogan's the new me. He's he's the most prominent. And then under him is everybody else. All it's other- just weird that all these other things can even survive. It's like someone has to be watching them. It's like when you see DVDs, you know. Yeah. Like like somebody's buying, buying DVDs. Right. Not even Blu-ray, <laughs> you know. DVD. DVD or CDs. Like yeah. a CD comes out. CDs it's like, are still out. What? That's okay. I guess. I it's mean, for people in their car, I guess. But I don't even know why you do that. But it's, even then. Yeah. I don't, I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who does that. I don't know, man. It's weird. It's like looking back at a world that used to, you used to be kind of in. Because mm-hmm. I remember watching, you know, being at my grandma's house and she had the Today Show on. It was just on. Right. Or like Jay Leno. You know, I remember seeing those old Conan, you know, watching late watch night. Conan. I was really in Right. Movie. So, like, I remember, like, kind of watching those things. But then now it's like. Just it's so weird to think about that world still. Well, it was it's just progression. Like cable killed network. Mm-hmm. I think Adult Swim was the death of late night TV. Yeah, because that's when I stopped watching Conan. Really, was when Adult Swim was on. I hated that crap. Oh, I loved Adult Swim. It was so dumb. It was so mindless and just. It was, but not all of it. Not like, all of it. No, not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still no, I crap, loved dude. Adult Swim. I couldn't really much stand Cartoon Network either. I was pretty big into Cartoon Network. I liked it a lot. It was so bizarre. Together. It was too. It didn't speak to me. But everything was kind of. Do you remember? Arthur spoke to me. <laughs> Arthur had heart. Yeah. Arthur was dealing with real life problems. Goosebumps. Arthur yeah, was spoke like to me. Arthur was like Doug, but even no, even less edge. Doug spoke to me. Doug, I like Doug. I could put my shoot myself well, of in course Doug's you shoes. You are Doug. But Doug's a kid. That's a normal person. Yeah, but that's it's normal. Like, I live real life. I don't want to watch it. It informs life. I don't. It's it's, yeah. it's, it's escapism. Maybe that's why I don't like science fiction either. It's just yeah. too not my world. It's like the equivalent of that. I think of is the YouTube channels of people that do like their daily vlog and they just do stuff. Like we're going to the grocery store. Come along with us. They just film that. Ooh. I'm like, I do that. Why would I watch that? Yeah, but that's not what it is. It's it's. I go to the grocery store. And something happened like that, you know. Yeah. I go but, to the grocery store. Yes, you're bringing a, a interesting situation into the world I actually live in. But how interesting? But if you don't even start with the world I live in, then I'm not. Then yeah, but I like that better because I, I live here. Like, like I get enough of this. What's world. like my you know my favorite novels are like crime noir sort mm-hmm. of like pulp no and those are like normal life. I know. But then something you know crazy happens. And it's like okay, you're at least starting where I am. Sort of, but it's the it's the world under normal life. Because, like, Pulp Fiction is L.A., but it's not like the L.A. we would see if we went to L.A. We're not doing gangster stuff. and Yeah. You know? Like, we're not seeing the... the... But we've gone to diners and coffee shops. Right. But we don't... Diner booths. Yes. But that's, not... but that's Pulp I've Fiction. I've never been robbed in a diner booth. <laughs> right. But you've been to one. And that's what I'm saying. Right. So, like, I, you go to a morning diner, and it's like, wow, what if this place got taken over? Like, 
wow, what if I was a hitman? What if I was, you know, but it's in this world. You know what I mean? I guess. If you have to if you have to spend the whole time explaining the room you're in, it's like, oh my gosh. Oh, I love that stuff. I hate that I stuff. I love the world building. It's just so like, especially with uh, with a novel, I just can't, like, it's a visual medium. Like, you have to see it. I, I like more sci-fi movies than, yeah. than books and stuff. Because they don't have to set it up for you. you yeah, see it. Movies and comics, I can do sci-fi yes, stuff, right. you know, but books, man. Like, even with the Star Wars novels where I kind of know what they all look like. I can do those only because I kind of know what <laughs> a Wookiee looks are, like. I just learned this week that there's like six different kinds of lightsaber combat style. Man, <laughs> like why? Why? It's just sword fighting. Why do yeah. you have to? You know those those the, the fake world is like Lord of the Rings and uh, Game of Thrones, kind of like that fake world building sort of stuff. Star Wars, mm-hmm. Star Trek, all those things. I I get little you know temptations to like kind of deep dive, Oof. especially like Lord of the Rings. You gonna read the Cimmerillion? Yeah, like super get really <laughs> into because the, there's a whole thing of it, you know. Right. But then I think there's so much real world that I don't know. Yeah. So if I'm gonna deep dive, why not into like real medieval sort mm. of you know? You know that's something that our that'd be more useful. That's fear, something our subject like. this week, Jordan Peterson. Yeah. Talked about melding uh, the narrative with yes. The, Actually, Lord of the Rings real, real came real. up, so yeah. we'll talk about all of that. It's a good, it's a good segue. It's a good segue because our boy Rogan had Jordan Peterson on this week for his first real big appearance in a long time. He's Always been, been on his deathbed yeah. for, <laughs> for the past three yeah. years. Yeah, yeah, and there was opportunity to do Zoom, and that's what other podcasts have been mm-hmm. doing is Zoom. But Rogan doesn't really like doing that, especially I, with someone like I can Peterson. see that. Yeah, especially the way Rogan like the way his podcast is so like stream of consciousness in the moment. It's hard yeah. to see that. Yeah. So Jordan Peterson, controversial, depending who you are, intellectual figure. Yeah, racist white man, basically. <laughs> Sounds like Kermit the Frog. You know, I think our culture and world have just drifted so insane that someone can come along and very articulately say something very normal, like mm-hmm. clean your room. Yes. And we're like, wow, what did he say? <laughs> and we're blown away. And it's like, what? Like men and women are different. Yeah. Whoa, that's revolutionary. He's radical. He's crazy. And it's like I think he's just talking normal. That's why I think like a lot of these Reformation and Revolution ideas of like I want to we, we need to do something great for the kingdom and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think it's just being normal, you know. Mm-hmm. And because it's the world that's really drifting kind of away. So if we just stand our ground and be normal, right? That's radical. Well, that's every like reform is always like we got to go back. That's why it's reform, not revolution. Right, exactly. Right. We went too far. We got to go back. Right. Renaissance even was like let's go back to the Greeks. They had this figured out. What are we doing? <laughs> We're way out here. Yeah. So sure. it was it, was the podcast the first place you came in touch with Peterson? Was that your first like exposure to his ideas? I don't know how what I first saw. It might have been one of his destroys videos of like <laughs> Kathy, Kathy Newman Sun life. Jordan Peterson. Yeah. The Kathy Newman. It might've been that okay. it's probably the Kathy Newman thing where he's just kind of explaining mm. all that, like the gender, like the masculinity stuff and, or like other gender stuff. Uh, probably a YouTube video. Someone sent me or something okay. maybe. Uh, and then just kind of like, you know, it might've been my stepdad. Mm. I, I'm, I'm remembering a big connection between that and I think like, Hey, look at this video. And or maybe Ben Shapiro talked about him or something. Okay. I don't know. Um, yeah, but yeah, and then just like watching a lot of his videos and yeah, stuff. Yeah, probably, I think Shapiro sounds like the gateway to Peterson yeah. before he got on Rogan. So he, you actually read his book, both of his books. 
Two of his three books. Yeah, yeah. Two, two of his most recent yeah, books. His, his two most recent books, 12 Rules for Life and Beyond Order. His two books. How did you, because like you said, they're real basic. They're not revolutionary, right? Yeah. Um, it, it is revolutionary. I mean, a lot of stuff he says is very counter-cultural. Like what he says about in 12 rules, what he t- talks about with with kids really resonated with me because I think I just had kids, but I read it, I think. That was one that I saw because I, I wrote down what they were just to look at them. Just to be like, and there was one, don't let your children do anything that makes you dislike them. Right. That was a big one. I was one. like, hmm. That was a big one. That's an interesting way to frame that. Yes. Be, and because a lot of people can't admit that your kids could do anything that would make you dislike them. Right. And you have to break that. You have to get over that lie, you know, quick too. Uh, or else you're not doing them any favors. And then, you know, because they'll be this obnoxious little hellion. Yes. And no one's going to say that, though. And so the kid is going to have his entire life, everyone lying to him, mm. saying it's such a joy to be around. Or, well, it's so great. <laughs> and you're lying because it's not, you know. And so that was a big one for me with having kids of not wanting them. It, and it, 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 it's important. What he says about it's important that your kid is liked by his peers and by other people, which is countercultural because it's like, accept me who I am. Right. It doesn't matter. It's your problem. If you don't like me, whatever. It's like, right, no, right. that's, that's a, your authentic self. Right. But if your authentic self is so obnoxious and annoying <laughs> and just, you know, you're gonna, not going to be invited and it will actually limit the child's uh, opportunities for say mentorship or you know just being invited to different things what are you saying about if you're if your kid is uh, a social outcast by five or something mm. then it's extremely hard to reverse that by five that freaked me out as, as a parent <laughs> i'll a, a five-year-old i'm like one's five right now and so it's like okay i guess according to this clinical psychologist a lot of stuff's baked in you know that's that so yeah it's super scary and it's really hard to not be trying to control everything and just be like, okay, you have to be normal. You have to be social. You have to this, whatever. And just really freaking out about those kind of things uh, about screwing up your kid. Uh, And this is where maybe we can talk about there not being a trust in God, because Mm. that's where I'm really struggling with trusting God in that of raising my kids Mm. and feeling like I'm doing everything right. Discipline wise. And, teaching not seeing the results yeah teaching wise leading wise and things just still aren't like connecting they're still kind of uh being disobedient and stuff right. in different ways and it's like i don't know what else to do and but then it's like okay you can't really control everything you can quote unquote do everything right and you still have to leave it up to god mm. and that's super hard so like trusting god beyond the limits of your ability to be a parent is tough you know because you feel like you do A, you get B. And like, it's not all the way, especially with raising little human beings. So that's been super tough in just like raising the kids and teaching them and leading them and, and bringing them up. Um, just trusting God with like, okay, I've done kind of all I can, God. Like, you're, he's just going to be a bad kid or not. Like, you know what I mean? Or is he going to be a bad person or a, a greedy, selfish, impolite kid or like whatever? Like, he's just not going to say please. I don't know. I mean, every single time he asks for something, I remind him and guide him and, te- you know, do the whole what do you say? You hope please, what, you know, and he just still doesn't do it. And it's like, 
okay, well, I don't know what else to do. You know what I mean? Right. And so it's like there, there might be not be anything you can do. Yeah. And so you just got to trust God that you're going to have an impolite kid or not. And so <laughs> that's tough, man. It's It sucks. And part of it, I think, is reps, too. Just keep continuing to do it, not abandoning the plan because you're not seeing results. Yeah. And it's I like mean, eventually it'll kick in. They just got to stick. It's like everything else, like body training, like, yeah. like sleep training. It's yeah. Just, that's the rough part for me is the sleep stuff. When they when they don't sleep, I'm like, I, I can't function if I'm not asleep. Yeah. You're not asleep, so yeah. you're ruining my day. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough, man. Um, that whole the the whole obnoxious thing, like don't let your kids oh, do. Man. That's that's a big deal because I even already see it now with like certain grandparents and family members being like, you know, I'd like to spend time with him, you know, and then not saying that really about other mm. people as much, you know. And yeah. It's like okay, yeah. that's that's important because they do get those opportunities of mentorship, right? Or just you know get to go on a camping trip or get to things they couldn't do if they're bouncing off the walls nonstop right, right. or just they have su- well, I mean, we serious discipline problems. Little cousins or whatever who would come over to the house and you're like, what, what, what's wrong with you? Why do you, yeah. why do you do that? Hide the, hide the yes. breakable stuff. Yeah. That's you're, a problem. Good toys away. Anything right. You like, right. Like yeah. Yeah, man, that's, that's tough. And I don't want my kid to be that kid, mm-hmm. you know? So, and that's important. And I think that's counterculture to what people think of just like, yeah, your authentic self is just to, break the tv remotes it's like okay but that's a problem we don't want your kid around you know right. nobody does yeah they don't so. want you at a job where you break things so you don't listen to get all directions yeah. yeah where did you where did you guys land on uh like letting the boy get hurt like that that's gonna hurt him but you gotta let him get hurt um i feel like we always tell him like don't jump off of that don't get on you know mm-hmm. like hey get down from there but I know he won't listen in that he'll eventually get hurt, but I want to be able to at least say, I told him to stop. You know what I mean? <laughs> what do you feel like on rough play or like, you know, like there's, I remember growing up, there were kids whose parents wouldn't let them like be on a trampoline because no. you'll break your neck <laughs> and you could, right. that's true. I mean, I'd let him be on a tramp, jump on a trampoline. You know, if I see him jumping off the trampoline, <laughs> like, hey, don't do that, you know, <laughs> that, you know, but it's like, well, and then he still does it anyway and gets right. hurt. It's like, well, I at least told him Absolutely. to not, not to do, that. do that. I, I want to be able to say I took every measure and that's with anything. Mm-hmm. Not That's with sneaking out. That's with, you know, any sort of thing. Or like, there's going to be rules. Now, I know you're a human being and you're going to, you know, do make your choices, but I want to at least be able to say. I had a curfew. You know what I mean? Right. Because, you know, you're, you're and you're going to, and he, he, they're going to be the ones. That was my mom's like MO was like, you know, like you can, you can sneak out. You can, you're going to do what you want to do. You know, you're a human being. I'm not going to tie you to the bed, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> but you will have a curfew. You, there are going to be rules and you can break those, but it'll be you breaking them. And so that kind of like weighed on me of like, consequences and my choices and it wasn't like well i didn't have any direction i didn't have any instruction or i didn't wasn't told right or i wasn't you know mm-hmm. no you were and right. uh, so this is yours so you it really makes you like have to own your sin and your disobedience and stuff with that because there was a rule and you broke it you know if there's no rule that's one thing of right. like well you know my mom just let me you know <laughs> do go anywhere and do anything it's like okay well that you're gonna get some results that way but you know, that's, and that's kind of how I see it of like, I'm going to lay down some rules, but kind of expect maybe they will break them. Right. And then, but there's nothing I could do about that, but what I can do about, I'm going to do, I guess. 
So, when he came on this week, I already saw, like, a. he seemed different. Yeah, he wore a freaking tuxedo or, like, a bow tie. <laughs> a bow tie. He did he look like a tux. That's what I thought when I first saw oh, him. I thought Rogue would be wearing one, too, like a joke or something. <laughs> and Rogue is not. I was like, oh, he's really wearing it. Yeah, that. he's really wearing it. And, and a that, black that coat was, and yes, tie. Which was odd, because when you had seen him before, when you know, early when he was a college professor, he dressed like a college professor. Yeah. So he was rolled up. Disheveled. Yes. Yeah. And then when he started being a media guy, it was nice suits. Super very, nice. Yeah, very very dressed, dressed very, very well. Dressed. Yeah. And this time it was like, what What are you? What's going on? It's like two, it's like, like a tuxedo is nice, like a bow tie. That, <laughs> like, yes, that's nice, but it's not stylish, I guess. You know? Right. It was very out of, out of character. It's like when Jim wore the tuxedo to work yes. in the office. <laughs> To mock the dress code, it's like yeah, you're. It's like you're mocking trying to dress nice right. by wearing. But no, this was sincere. That's very weird. And his whole thought process seemed different this week. How so? Uh, he used the word shaman a lot. That's <laughs> with shamanism. And I think he's just been studying religious it, structures. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it seemed like he's taking shit, and he, he was talking about things that I don't remember him talking about before, like climate change and. Yeah, that kind of stuff. I was like, "This is different. You've you've taken a turn a little bit. Like he's broadened his scope from where he started because he started with the compelled speech thing. That was the big thing. Like you can you can be whatever you want, you can do whatever you want, but you can't tell me how to speak to you, like what I what I'm allowed legally to call you." Yeah, the compelled speech thing. Um, Yeah, he has broadened it out, but it kind of fits with what you'd expect him to his view to be on climate change to be. Right, which was very interesting. Which he was talking about how, like, you know, when you say climate, you're talking about everything. Yes. So we're, we're gonna we're gonna solve the climate crisis. Is like, you mean you're gonna solve the everything crisis? <laughs> I don't think so. Like, and that you know that actually puts government <laughs> stuff into perspective because you do read like climate bills that have stuff for gender studies and like, what? <laughs> how are those related? Yeah. Well, I mean, everything is like that. That the climate, the environment. You're talking about everything. Yeah. I like how you said when you're talking about everything, you're talking about nothing. Mm-hmm. But it's too broad to be specific. It's too broad, right? And it's true. Yeah, that was. That, that was but that's that's like if you want to, if you expect to hear a Jordan Peterson take on something like climate, you expect it to be kind of interesting like right. that, like very different. Well, you thought about, saying about model making and like predicting, like the... you can't know for sure. Yeah, it, there's more variables, so there's inevitably more mistakes the further out you try to plot. Right. Which is just true. I don't know right. why that's revolutionary either. We should just know that right. from life. Yeah. That, yeah, you can't, you're going to, things are going to fall through or just be different than how you'd expect them to be. You can't model for everything. Yeah. But you, I mean, we try to. But I like how you phrased it too, because he said, by by deciding what variables what variables you're going to model for, you're deciding which ones to leave out of the model. Yeah, and like I prioritizing. Think, yes, and that's super interesting because we always think of models when someone ever says, "Oh, the model says this" or "the model predicts this." Yeah, like a mouse in a maze or something. Yeah, but it's not. It's like a formula. Yes, and it's not. It's a person making decisions about what we're going to keep yeah. and what we're going to not. Yeah. So there's a bias in here right. that we don't consider because we think of it very like clinical. Yeah. Not. Yeah, it's hard to think of scientists as people. Yes. You know, <laughs> right. Because no one ever says this scientist says. They right. say the science says. Right. Studies say. Studies say. We've we've personified and yes. you know embodied these like just I think something like science. Like mm. it's like well, you know, the uh, the workbench says like, what? right. <laughs> this is a tool that we use. You know, science is a tool. Right, method. you would it's never not... say carpentry says. <laughs> I think people might, you know. <laughs> well, like, the carpentry. carpentry says you can't build a house that way or something. Like, okay, that kind of makes sense. But, like, 
you know, you got some creative carpenters though. You kind of figure <laughs> things out. I don't know. Uh, it started to get weird when, it, or interesting deeper, I guess, when it started to talk about. He started talking about music. Yeah. And that's oh where my it got god! Weird. I was so terrified that he was gonna sing. <laughs> I wanted to hear the song oh, when he was talking about the song. I did. I really wanted to. He hear He needs it. to just not. <laughs> I'm afraid it's gonna be like a Doug Wilson thing, where he tries to write a novel. Ooh, and it just goes sucks. south. You know, yeah. that's where that puts his whole dress into perspective. I feel like he's going into that weird, like, I'm doing everything. Like, it's just too manic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that kind of sucks to, like, just kind of stay in your lane, you know? <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, I can't fault him for trying other things. The problem is people are going to see the other things he's trying. Like, you like you got to stay in your lane. And I think you can branch out a little bit. And that's what people say about Rogan, about, like, oh, he's all, this, he's all over the place. Like, he's, you know, a cage-fighting commentator, and he's a comedian, and he's, you know podcaster all these things but he if he ever wrote like a 12 rules for life if joe rogan ever wrote like a, a book like that it would probably suck and and that's the thing people don't realize about rogan is that nobody watches joe rogan for joe rogan right you know right. if joe rogan was just by himself talking it would not be the right. show he's not bill burr he didn't carry it by himself i mean maybe in a comedy way maybe like that you know i, I don't find his stand-up super... if he if joe rogan is just talking about gender you know issues right no one's listening to that podcast yes because he's not brilliant right, right. Like, yes right he's not like this super brilliant guy the reason people watch joe rogan is because he has extremely interesting people on his yes. show and he asks the same dumb questions <laughs> i would he's the everyman he's yes. the perfect like stand but he gets to talk to everybody right and he's he's, he's fashioned this life where he gets access to mm -hmm. all these different kind of people comedians all fighters you know astronauts physicists and Jordan Peterson, like a lot of yeah. different interesting people and people you would want to have a conversation with. Right. And, and, and also, but also he's not afraid to ask the dumb questions. Mm. He's not afraid to say, hang on, what's that? When someone right, right, right. glosses over something, he's not trying to look smart yes. because he really isn't. And that's what I think people don't understand is like, oh, he's a moron. Like, yeah, I know, but, <laughs> but, that, he knows that. but so am I. And that's, but, <laughs> and he's on with some brilliant guy. And so I want to have that conversation. So by proxy, you can through Joe Rogan. That actually, that says a lot about the people who criticize him or, or that they think they're brilliant. Like when, whenever you yeah. say like, oh, that guy's an idiot. Like you're like, you just saying, don't get, well, so you don't get the show. You don't yes. get why well, people. Well, they don't watch the show. Exactly. So I don't know. It's just very like, you know, and so that's the thing is like Joe Rogan is not this brilliant guy right. that everyone's listening to. He, everyone's listening to the people he interviews. That's what they're listening to. And that's what makes the show successful and, and good, I think. Mm -hmm. But, um, but yeah, so that's, uh, you had to stay in your lane. And Jordan <laughs> Peterson writing musicals is <laughs> I, I really very scary to me. I'll watch it. It's one of those disasters. Like, I can't <sighs> not watch it. It's very it's like the room. Like, it's not good, but I got to watch it. <laughs> but if you love the guy first, you know what I mean? It's like it's different uh, if someone just comes out with something bad. It's like, well, there goes an idiot. <laughs> well, that sucks, you know. But if like somebody you like starts doing something else, it's like like when Tony Park starts to rap. It's like, oh no, I liked you as a basketball player, but now you're rapping or something, and just like. No. But I think we don't expect them to be good at other. Like we're expecting it to be bad. You can't. Yeah. You can't. I just wish it wouldn't have been done though. Well, That's, yeah, I don't know. My, my opinion is, if everyone's expecting it to be bad, do it anyway. You can't be worse than what they're expecting. I feel like just put that effort towards what, what your yeah, lane is. Yeah, he already is. did that. He's bored. Oh, there's always something. With this kind of stuff, there's always yeah, a fight. He's, he's written books. He's 
He's lectured everywhere. He's been on a podcast. You know, uh, Ben written a novel? No, I didn't I think he's written a couple novels. Oof. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I would not really want to read those. <laughs> I would not want to read that either. Yeah. But and that's what I mean. Like, just put your effort towards, you know, the political thing. Well, don't, that's, don't... that's them... That's them having the right idea and not the right people to do it. Like, that's them saying, we're going to influence culture. Like, cool, find somebody who's good at that because you're not. Well, influence culture, man. I, I, when you say it, you've already ruined it. Well, yeah. If you And that's the whole thing. But like, that's how political people think, not creative people. Like, right. So, like, don't do it. <laughs> you know but they mean? can't help it. It's the vacuum. It's like, well, no one's doing it. I guess I have to. But, but. I mean, maybe part of it's ego, too. I feel like Shapiro. Shapiro is definitely somebody who thinks he's smarter than everybody. Yeah. So he's seen, I, I feel like he would think, like, write a novel. Sure, I can do that. Why not? Any of these write a novel. But, but you can, but it's not. Right. The problem is so Shapiro's too interested in answers. Yes. Answers aren't interesting mm. You're in, in, a, in a story kind of way. Mm. You know what I mean? Right. I, I think. Because now it's a sermon. And that's fine. That you can have sermons, but. You're not telling you're not telling us an interesting story because I think the best stories bring up questions that the story itself, the author itself, mm. doesn't really necessarily maybe even know the answer to. Mm. They're not offering an answer. They're just asking, like, you know, isn't this an interesting question? Right. And not and that isn't to say there isn't an answer, you know, but just asking interesting questions and kind of leaving it hanging out there. You know, and I mean like we already know everything he thinks. Right. So you can already know exactly. What he's say. So the political types right. and stuff are like, okay, well, you have an answer. And the problem is they can't resist putting an answer mm. in there. And I think that's the problem with um, Doug Wilson writing a novel mm. is that he's just going to have an answer where everything just works out for right. all the he heroes. Can solve all the problems. Yeah, all the heroes have the right answers. What I would say, like the most interesting character in Ride Sally Ride is the dad. Um, mm. is the is the uh, girl's dad mm-hmm. the the pastor who can't take a stand and stuff like right? I, that's interesting because he, I see someone failing. I see someone wanting to do well or do right, but can't for mm-hmm. some. It's a con, it's conflict. Right, con, conflicted characters are interesting to read. Yes, no one wants to read. You know, just the perfect like I've got all the answers. Mm-hmm. You know, and. Unless other things are going on around them, you know, like Peter in the Bible is such an interesting character of just like, he's got, he's saying, I'll never, you know, I'll die for you. It's like, you're going to deny me three times, you know, and just that conflict. And then to, for Jesus to ask him three times, do you love me Mm. in the redemption? You know, so that's what you want to see is like, like a broken kind of complex character, but also redeemed. But it only the redemption is only good because of the fall, you know. Right. And it's it's like that the, the it's like the gospel. It's only good if you know because of bad news. It, otherwise, it's just more news or whatever. But the good news is good because of the bad news. So I don't know. It's just this this give and take thing of uh, it's not just here's what to do and everyone did it. Great. That's not interesting <laughs> to read. You know what I mean? I wanna, right. We want to see failure. We want to see struggle we want to see complex characters mm. and um well i mean there's a difference like me and you are obsessed with media yeah. they're obsessed with academic academia yeah so they don't have like but it's hard for me because i think about like writing something or doing something creative and I, I i would want to know those answers and i wouldn't want to leave them hanging as if there is no answer 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you suppose you could do that, but it depends what the question is, I guess. If it's like, it like what's in the briefcase in Pulp Fiction, it doesn't matter. Right. It, it really doesn't matter. That so you can leave that unanswered. Yeah. Yeah. It just depends on the question, I guess, as opposed to like a plot hole, like oh, how did so and so get here? Right. And they just never answer that. Like yeah, they just did because we needed them to. Yeah. But I mean, even in that, you know, Jules is a conflicted character. Yes. Because he's got this life. Right. But then he experience has this miraculous experience, mm-hmm. and he wants to make a change. Yes. But he can't, and so or he doesn't. You know, but he's very dead set on it. Is a, is a, a very big shift yes. in his life, but circumstances are keeping him in this life. And the same with the 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 bride and Kill Bill. Mm. She's probably the most interesting uh, Tarantino character uh, because she's this killer and then she gets pregnant. Mm. And now she's like, oh, well, I don't want this for my child. Yes. And so she's trying to get out, but she can't. And so, and, and then she doesn't tell Bill, like the most interesting part is when she learns the, you know, five point exploding heart technique. And she doesn't from Jaime, she doesn't tell Bill. And so at the very end of the second movie, she does it on Bill and he didn't even know she knew it. And then she he's like, Why didn't you, you know, Jaime taught you? Why didn't you tell me? And she's and through tears, she says, Because I'm a bad person. Mm-hmm. And it's like she's facing that of like, why didn't she tell him? That was her training master, that was right. her your sensei. And like this other guy taught you this amazing thing. You didn't tell him, you had no reason not to tell him. You just didn't, you just kept it for yourself. And so just facing those sort of, and but then he's the bad guy though, you yeah. know. She's the hero, but, but in their then, relationship, right? And so, like, yeah. so you want to see those interesting dynamics and those 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 failures and those, you know, uh, just conflict. I mean, I can't think of another word for it, but just conflict makes stories interesting. And so, when you have a story that's no conflict and just a bunch of right answers, that's not really interesting mm-hmm. to read. It doesn't keep people's attention, and and you know, it's not a good story. But and I feel like that's what all these like political guys or even our theological guys, you know, they just want to preach. Okay, preach. Right. That's fine. Yes, that. And they're all right answers. <laughs> but don't don't I don't know. You just can't write a novel. Mm. Like it's just not gonna work. You can comment on novels. Yeah. You can comment on the you can answer all the questions yes, in the, the other novel, right. right. And that's like maybe like criticism mm. of literature or movies or something with right answers or like what they got right what they got wrong you know that's kind of what i try to do with novels and stuff in my book blog of like okay what did the interest you know were there were there heroes to emulate were there villains to avoid you know and did the villains get anything right you know or, or did they think they were right or are they just pure evil you know and then the, was there any conflict in the heroes you know did they do something that wasn't heroic you know, those, those are interesting parts. But, and we can comment on that and say why it's right or wrong because we do have the truth. Is Kill Bill his best movie? Um, Because there's a lot of that too. Like, Bill's justified when he finds her and, like, you ran away from me. You just left. You didn't say anything. You left and you took my child and you didn't tell me. Right. And he says, like, you know, letting someone think you're dead, someone you're dead, is very cruel, which is true. Yeah. He thought she was dead. And he, she let him think that, and that's very cruel. That, that's true. And he had no reason to think she would change her mind after getting pregnant, and she would not be an ass- right, yes. deadly assassin. Nothing about their life would right. lead him to think that. Right. And so, you know, so she is the one who changed. And, you know, and maybe okay, he should have let her go, 
but right. we didn't want to. Yeah. But she, because you, you change. You know what I mean? Like, you can't just change and then want to leave, I guess. Or that's, like... a, that's every breakup, just <laughs> way more dramatic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, that it might be his best movie. I don't know. I mean, Pulp Fiction is pretty great as far as uh, just it's more, it covers more, I think. Yeah. But I mean, those are both, they both deal with like, Redemption. Yes, characters you don't want to like, but you want to like. Yeah. They do bad things, but you want them to change. Yeah. Maybe they will, but probably not. Yeah, you're not sure to root for. Right. Yeah. And the bad guys make a lot of good points. Yeah. So, you know, the problem with one of the problems with Jordan Peterson is that approach of literary criticism is how he approaches the Bible. Yeah. But that's it. And so, so what, what do you think he means when he says the Bible is true? What I think he means after listening to it again. The way I understood it is that he's saying the Bible, well, two things, because he, he gets the weird shamanistic stuff. Yeah. He believes the Bible is communicating eternal human truths to us, but not the same ones that me and you were talking about when we talked about the Bible. Yeah. The other thing I think he's saying is that the Bible is the foundation for Western society. Right. So it's the lens through which we in the best, freest place in history operate and it's true in that sense but it's also true in that it has eternal truths for all people at all times just very different ones than what we come to from it right so what do you think like so what's keeping him from being a christian i thought about that a lot and the the only thing i can think of is, is the thing that keeps anybody from being a christian is like but then i have to like be a Christian. Yeah. <laughs> then there's if this thing has all the answers, but it requires a lot of me. And I gotta give up stuff and I gotta stop doing things and I gotta die, basically. Yeah. That's that's the only rational because the way he looks at it, like he he finds beauty in it, he finds some kind of truth and comfort in it, but not enough to really go on in it. Because he also does Kundalini yoga and that works for him. And he also right. You know, he's a pragmatist. Yes. It's whatever works. Yes. And this in and he just thinks Christianity really, really, really works. Yes. That's kind of where it is, I think, where, where he is. But then he'll just have these conversations. Like I heard on his podcast, he was talking to these two uh Christians or well, Catholics, but um, and they were just kind of going through even the cosmological argument with him and stuff, which he yeah, I guess never heard. Mm. And so he was they were talking about that, and they were talking about how do you how do you blend evolution with the bible in in christianity and they were saying you know they took the the typical i think heretical view that that you can both believe both christianity and Mm. evolution i don't think you can um and and they were saying something about like you know billions of years for the universe and and he was like in his response basically was like i don't think we can even understand what that means our minds can't understand billions of years ago you know what I mean? Like it's almost meaningless to us because we can't. No one's ever lived that long. Mm-hmm. No one's ever done anything for that long. Right. Nothing's ever lasted that long that we've created. You know. So just to understand to look look back is he said he's saying like almost meaningless. Mm-hmm. Which again I don't know how, how to take that because it's like <laughs> does he not believe in the typical you know? Well, I don't think he thinks it matters. Except when it does, when he's talking about lobsters and fish and birds. Right, and exactly. Right. And, and he's saying, yeah, because he finds these social hierarchies in nature right. and stuff. And he's real big on that. And then, you know, these, these are truths that go back a million years, you right. know, with lobsters. I say, like, okay, okay, so that's where you're at, you know. 
and I can understand him when he's saying that the 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 point he's making without believing in the evolution, the literal or true. And that's what he's, that's the thing is like he believes that it's true that Jesus died for your sins and rose from the dead because but he believes it he don't, I don't know if he believes it's literally true. Well, and he, he says he doesn't it doesn't matter if it's literal. Yes. Which I don't think is the case. No, yeah. It's, but C.S. Lewis was it, it, either Christianity either matters but, completely or right. not at all, but it can't matter. Just right. <laughs> but here's the thing, and that's what I think people, uh, Christians who want to believe evolution say mm. about the garden. It doesn't matter if it's literal. Yes. No, I think it does. Right. Because the, the way I see it is that the, the Adam and Eve and, and the serpent and the tree and the garden, all of Genesis story, is as real and literal as your sin. Yes. Because that's the story of how we have our sin. Right. And that's what Jesus died for. So so Christianity is Jesus died for your sins. Yes. Repent, you know, you're a sinner in need of a savior. That's Christ, that's the gospel, right? Right. Well, what's this sin thing? Oh, that's the tree in the in the garden. Right. And it's okay, well, that's that's real. That's it's, foundational. Sin sin is as real as blindness yes. and earthquakes. Yes. And death. Yes. And sin is as in the garden is as real as sin. Mm. So is blindness and earthquakes and death literal, then the garden has to be as literal as sin mm. and the effects of sin. Because that's the story of how we how we sin into the world. That's either true literally or it's not. You know, and then okay, then then if if so oh, Genesis is has like Tim Keller says, has the earmarks of song. Okay, does your sin have the earmarks of song, <laughs> or is it really true, literally? Right. You know what I mean? And, uh, this stuff matters because people try to have the cake and eat it too. Yes. And I don't think you really can. You really have to. It's as real as your sin, because. And I think the more you start seeing people, the Christians who believe in evolution and don't believe Genesis literally, it tells you what they think about their sin. Mm. You know, and you know that's. I think you see a very clear connection between how literal and real they think Genesis is and how real and literal they think their sin is. Mm. Which it's interesting to hear, especially from someone like Peterson, because he's aware and critical of like societal problems, but he seems to look at the gospel as sort of like a humanist take on overcoming the bad part of you. Mm -hmm. Like he talks about in, in revelation, Jesus separating the elect from the ret reprobate yeah. is uh, an analogy, I guess is the best way to put it for dialogue for the logos. It's the truest form of the logos separating the good idea from the bad idea and what we should keep and what we should discard as far as thinking, Yeah, which is like very pragmatic, I guess, but yeah. it, it strips away the, any real literal. Yeah. Eternal weight. Right. So what's going to happen? Like judgment. Yes. Are you going to be judged or not? And yes. that's, and this is not, it's purifying. Right. Sort of. It's filtering. That's how he, because he called, uh, he, the way he was talking about things sounded very woo-woo in a lot of points. Where he talked about how music is like reality and there's harmonious structures that are layered on top of each other. And you feel good because reality is the same way. And when you're in tune with that, when you're in harmony with that then you've reached your salvific state. And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. He just sees order. It's, it's, yes. it's heaven in the garden is yes. order and hell and sin. And, and that is chaos. Yes. And again, I mean, I, I agree with that, but that it doesn't stop there, right. I guess. And he calls God the ultimate conceivable good. Yes. 
that doesn't make any sense unless there's God. Like the word good, like you can't, you can't, God's not interchangeable like that. And he, you know, and so that's why I think about like literal, him believing it literally. And I don't know if he ever can, because I think he's solidifying into this spiritual, this pragmatic spiritualism mm -hmm. rather than coming to Christ. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's drifting closer to Christ and yes. close, close to being a Christian. I think he's digging deeper into this pragmatic spiritualism. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, but I, but I think he is counting the cost, like you said, of what it would mean to literally believe Christianity. Mm -hmm. And I don't think he's willing. I think instead of paying that cost, or like laying that all at the feet of Jesus, he's going to just dig deeper into this humanist, mm. pragmatic spiritualism mm. thing that he's got going. So, I mean, the way he talked about the, the the story of the snakes in the wilderness and the yeah the mirroring that with Christ being raised up, right. it, it, it was just, it was all facing your fears and overcoming your fear of death right. or your doubt or any of that. It was just like it was self help, right? It and was that, self help. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, exactly. And so. It's for the human. And so it's not, there's no glory to God in this. Yes. And there's no like, yeah. And so again, so I think that's where he's drifting to. He's not drifting towards becoming a Christian. I don't think, I mean, people say, Oh, he's so close. He's yeah, so close to being a Christian. And I think, I think he's just understands Christianity uh, in a very humanist, pragmatic yes. way. It's another philosophy, which again, isn't all wrong. Isn't all incorrect. Right. Like that is true that, 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 you know, Sin and death is chaos, and, mm -hmm. and there is God is a God of order, and right? All these things, like, right. and and that God is the best ultimate good, but that only means anything because He because there is a God, right? There's a literal God being that. So then, now, so now we understand what good means. So He's putting the cart before the horse a little bit, mm. I think, as far as like calling God the ultimate good, and you can just interchange that with whatever you want. I don't think that's correct. Do you think? When he was talking, he mentions he mentioned Timothy Leary during the, the yeah. interview, and it made me think of like the song "The Seeker" by the Who. Mm. And I was like, "That's him. That's him." Yeah. I, looked at, I looked under chairs, I looked under tables, I tried to find the key to fifty million fables. <laughs> That's him. Like he's just looking for answers and yeah. whatever he finds. And people, do you think it will make him be less? idolized by a certain segment of like conservative Christianity that's just looking for conservative heroes for him to just put Christianity in a box with every other religion and say, whatever works, works. Or do you think people are going to like overlook that and say, well, he's still kind of right. I mean, yeah. Like, do you think he will? Like, what? Do you, what yeah. Question? Do you think people, do you think this interview will be the beginning of his like fall from grace with right <laughs> right-wing christian nationalism or whatever we want to call it um no i mean i feel like i take him a little less seriously that's i think he's is where he always was yes but i didn't see that before like okay. he i think i did when well when he starts talking about shamans i was like what, yeah what yeah i mean he'll, yeah he'll go there you know i mean that wasn't that surprising to me did you feel like you you saw that coming or you saw i think he i think he takes it all like whatever, whatever you got, you know. I get. I, I maybe it's just me, but I always pictured from pragmatic people is not. <laughs> when you talk about shamanism, they're like, "Well, that's stupid." Not if it helps. I guess that's true. That's the pragmatism. Yeah, I guess I just saw him as very clinical and clean, and this was like, "What the hell are you?" I don't know about? if he like. I, I think he just. I think he sees it the same way. I think he mm -hmm. lumps it in 
with uh just a good spiritualism to help people you know that's so weird to me that just that idea of like a good spiritualism without really believing in spirit in spirits or yeah. spiritualness spiritual reality well they do and they're you know yeah that's like true. they all know there's a god right and so they're just distorting it and this is what he's distorting you know that's so bizarre real knowledge of god. I, I mean we have the benefit in uh the Western world being able to have like a grab bag belief system, so he can yeah. look at everything and decide this works, this works, this doesn't. Yeah, I mean it's kind of like with Tom Holland with Dominion, mm-hmm. you know, where he's talking about Christianity uh, is the basis for all Western thinking, mm-hmm. and it's true. And for Eastern, at least what they claim to believe, you know, of like human rights right, and right. you know all those things, uh, the Christianity being the basis for. Uh, the idea of being made in the image of God, being the base for human rights, which yeah. the whole world, even the godless Eastern countries, would say, at least say, know that's the right thing to say right. in the world. They'll do it, right. you know, but they're gonna, but they say it's the People's Republic of China. No, it's not, you know, <laughs> not a republic at all. <laughs> it's you know, yeah. So you know, but they'll at least proclaim that, right? You know, they know what the right words to say. They don't do it, but they at least know the right words to say. And all, all of that kind of being in our thinking. You know, like Tom Holland says, uh, if if uh, we're all fish in a bowl, we're swimming in Christian waters. Mm. It's just so permeated. He, 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 and he likens it to radiation. It's just been radiating in the world. And it's just seeped into all of our thinking of right and wrong and democracy and human rights and everything which is true yes, i believe that's true. true and that's a very post mill way to think yes okay. it is absolutely yeah like because that the kingdom is just growing yes. and i think it is again there's distortions but everybody's at least claiming to be for those things right that wasn't the case on the world right. all the time right it, it really was might makes right and they're pr- proud to say it and you know all those things but christ really did change the world in all those ways i think people don't think about the fact that like if you talk to somebody in the 1700s, 1600s, human rights, like, what are you talking about? Yeah. I own that guy. He didn't have any rights. Yeah, and a lot of people attribute it to the Enlightenment. But he said, he, but Tom Holland calls the Enlightenment a Christian endeavor, mm. which is true. You know, and so, like, just the idea even of science and, and reason and logic and thinking right. logically and rationally is a Christian way to, to go about it. I mean, it's logos. Like, that right. is yes. Christ. Like, so, and so, but it gets distorted and it gets aimed to the glorification of humans, mm. sure. But... It's the you're they're on the right kind of wavelength, I guess, you know, yeah. which is a Christian one. You know, it's a but it's, it's not a saving knowledge. Yes. It's it's yeah, I mean it's like Christian waters. The the tide of Christianity raises all boats. Yeah. At the same time. What I'm what I'm afraid of is that more a lot of pe- people are think as Christian as Jordan Peterson does and think they're Christians. Mm. Because there's this I there's this thing of mental ascension where you've yes. you've understood that christianity is the way for humans mm. but that's not christianity that's not the gospel to subscribe to christian thinking and philosophy and logic and reason to christian to christian lifestyle and understanding mm-hmm. is not to be a christian right and i think a lot of people think they are mm. a lot especially a lot of conservative republican people yes thinking well this is the good christian way and i'm a christian because i've mentally <laughs> ascended mm. to subscribe to these ideals and it's like no that's not there's a it is to be a christian i watched a sermon from matthew vines who's like the the big advocate for homosexual christianity yeah 
And that was his big thing was he, he said, we've misunderstood what it means to repent. And that repent, uh, you know, the way we commonly take it is to turn away, you know, change, Sorry, what you're, yeah. change your mind, right. change what you're doing. He is taking metanoia to mean to raise your mind, literally mental ascension. Mm-hmm. So to get to get to the next level of, of more godly thinking. enlightenment, yes, enlightenment. enlightenment. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. And that's his whole stance now. This idea of repentance and and you know mortifying the flesh and dying to yourself right. is now forget that. You yeah. Just need to ascend. You need to be enlightened. Right. It's not dead to life. No. It's just kind of low to high. Right. Yeah. That's Which not is, that's not Christianity. No, at all. <laughs> That's that is religion, just clambering up right. to to uh, to God. That's the Muslim way. That's yeah. the all other ways. But uh, Christianity is God condescending down. Yeah. It's not us ascending mm-hmm. up right. or transcending. It's God condescending. And that's what Christ. really stuck out through the whole interview was the idea of transcendence. Like yeah. the, the point of the gospel is to tell us how to transcend. The yeah. point of every all of these religions is to get us to transcend. It's the point of all the other, other religions. It it really is the thing that separates it. Like especially the monotheistic, like Islam, God is infinite and we are finite. Yes. We've talked about this before. Right. And the infinite cannot comprehend or apprehend the infinite. So there must be a bridge. Right. God must condescend and come down to the finite, and that's what He did in Christ. And so, and that's the only religion who has that. In that real, like this is the real God, not a demigod, not a half god. Not a really strong human being, but God actually incarnated, mm-hmm. came down to earth. Do you think intellectual types are offended by that notion that you can't ascend? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that if, if it wasn't for his condescension, you there would be no hope for you. Yeah, because it puts you dependent on God. No one wants to be dependent on anything, especially America. I I pull my, it's the Horatio Algiers, like I pulled myself up from my own bootstraps and I did the hard work and, you know, it's Pelagian sort of thing too of like, right. Well, I did my part, or I right. did my thing, and then God met me halfway kind of thing, mm-hmm. rather than, no, you're dead at the bottom of the ocean, and you're completely 100%, even for anything, reliant on God. Mm-hmm. No, we don't want that, because that's, you know. Are there any, now that I'm thinking about it, are there any real, anyone who you would look at, I know it's hard to say on the surface, but anyone who's in the, the thought sphere of popular culture, Besides maybe Doug Wilson, who, you know, he's got a target on him, who is like an actual biblical Christian right now. Um, Allie Beth Stuckey. Okay, yeah, that's fair. She's a big one yeah. of like actual biblical gospel mm. uh, and mixing it up. She's like on the blaze or something. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, like there you go. I think she needs to be Gil on Rogan. Mm-hmm. That would be really interesting. To, for her to be on Rogan, uh, mm-hmm. Jeff Durbin. I mean, do you think he's as not as no? He's yeah, not. The, he's not as relevant because no. she's been on Shapiro's show. He's had her on the Sunday right. special. I, mean, I think she could be right. on Rogan. Right. That'd be the biggest connection of Rogan actually hearing the of true biblical gospel. Mm. She would tell him. I yeah, think she would. Absolutely. I think she would lay it out. She because, has to. Yeah, because <laughs> they not. right because <laughs> they would go there. She did Shapiro. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, you know, they she would get there, and then you know, I'd, I'd be really interested to see what his response is mm. to that sort the of actual gospel. Yeah, that'd be very. I've heard interesting. him say things about the Bible before that are like, you don't know any of what you're talking. Rogan? Yeah. Oh no. Like not a clue. Yeah. Not a hint it, of a whisper of a clue. <laughs> no, it's the worst bumper sticker <laughs> <Yes>. sort of <laughs> philosophy on on understanding of Christianity. Man, that would be interesting. I would like to see Durbin. 
If Something like that. Durbin Rogan, that'd be awesome. I think that could actually happen. Well, I think he'd be a good guest on Rogan because of their martial arts background. Yes, they have a commonality. Yeah. They could, and, yeah. and I think Durbin understands more cultural references and things. Right. That, that he's younger, be interesting. He's, yeah. <laughs> kind of and that he, he was into drugs and alcohol. Right. He has a bad past yes. and that kind of stuff. And, you know, uh, Rogan does drugs and, you know. So they have, I think, a lot that, that would kind of just make them even just friends. And it'd be really interesting to see him on that'd be but i don't see how he could i can see yeah, how i, I can see how, how the stecky could because she's more in she's prominent yeah man we need more of that though like where's the guy who's doing that because we have shapiro we have matt walsh who's a catholic and a yes. jew ben shapiro's <laughs> a jew and you know we just have all art of manliness a mormon where is the good like bible-based oh, guy doug wilson, doug wilson i mean he says things that keep him from being yeah, he's area. too he's too high target profile. Yes. You know, we need someone like a guy like Ali Bestucky who can get in politically, but, it, but we, no one wants to speak up politically. Well, no one wants to talk bad. about it and like take a side. You know, I think a lot of biblically minded guys, you know, like Chandler or like anybody mm-hmm. who could do something, is so PC mm-hmm. and so afraid to like just take a side. Mm-hmm in the cultural or political realm that, you know, Valley Best Stuck is the only one who somehow can do it, who can speak into the political realm and cultural world and have a biblical, actual reformed biblical Dr. View. White got a little close. He was on Dr. Drew's show back in the day. I mean, there's always those. I mean, right. Durbin was on a History Channel thing. Right. He was on Vice. Yes. So you have these little one-offs. But I mean, like, someone who's got a... a, a Cemented spot, you like know what? Part of it, does. Here's the problem: Durbin's a pastor, right? So he's got pastor duties, right? Like, is, he is, is all do they all just become pastors? Maybe. I mean, or, or, or maybe there's one who's not a pastor. That's the problem. He has to not be a pastor, yeah, and also not have ten kids that he's got. You yeah. know, yeah. like Ali Bestucky has a luxury of like she's not a pastor. This is her job. She's media. That's she's what mom, she does. though. I mean, she has like yeah, but it, the family stuff, right? But that's it's not the same as like the pastor thing is huge. I think they all just become pastors. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's yeah. you know, that's that's the normal stuff. Like you were saying, the revolutionary stuff is becoming a pastor and and pastoring a Bible believing solid church. Yeah, that that'd be really that that's there's a void there. Yeah, and I don't, you know, immediately things like, why don't you feel it? Why don't you do it? Because <laughs> no one knows who we are. Yeah. Hey, what do you think of podcasts? Yeah, I mean, we um, talk about stuff. We talk about political crap all the time. But nobody, you know, I've thought about more being effective in the city, at least on that scale. Like, yeah. You know, let's try to talk to somebody who's running for mayor or something. Yeah. That'd be interesting. I don't know if they do it, but. We have no listeners. Yeah, I mean, well, so, like, I we mean... have no platform. <laughs> like, we have zero platform. That's, that's the thing. You know what? It's the, we have more platform on other media. Like, our on, on TikTok, we have, like, 90,000 views on a video. On one video? Yeah, on one video. I mean, like, do you have followers on that? Uh, I could look it up right now and tell you. Give me a second. Is that how it works? Like, you have, yeah, followers? You have followers? Like, subscribers? Uh, kind of. I mean, it's more like it's, it's like Instagram. Yeah. Let me pull this up. I mean, yeah. <laughs> we need to figure out how to just raise our platform, I guess. But I just feel like a douchebag saying, yeah. saying that. Yeah. I'm trying to raise my platform. 99.9 thousand views on that one. Which one was it? Uh, the one about. Uh, Depart from me, I never knew you. Oh. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Speaking of. <laughs> I, that, that's, honestly, that's where I think uh, Peterson, maybe we can land the plan with mm-hmm. this. Okay. Matthew 7, tw- uh, 15. Um, 
Well, um, Matthew 7, 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then will I declare to them, I never knew you depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. I think that's going to be Peterson. Mm. Did I not do many mighty works in your name? Yeah. You know, and I think he is. I think he's raising people's awareness of the Bible, finding actual truths right. to biblical stories and, and raising the relevancy of the Bible and hailing Christianity, you know, as true, whatever, no, he whatever might mean, that means, you know, on on one but a very superficial human yes. level. Yes, right. those are all th true things that he's saying, but it's not salvation and it's not the mm -hmm. gospel. And I think that is what's going to happen is they say, you know, we're not prophesying your name. I think a lot of Jordan Peterson's uh, predictions on where the world is going is comes from his Christian, you know, influence, right. you know, big time. Okay. He's prophesying in Christ's name almost, you know, he's casting out demons. He's, you know, contending with the radical, I think, demonic, leftist marxist and sort of insanity don't call it demonic yeah and it's in i think a lot of it is right yes and he's contending with that he's casting out those demons he's doing many mighty works and all you know he's got hours and hours on genesis right again right. saying very true things but i think he's just gonna that's it you're missing the whole the real life giving point you know of the gospel and that of god being literal and real and you know he, he, he's talk, he talks about the the bridging the gap between the narrative and the objective, the real life hard, you know, right. And the narrative and if, and, and Christ being that word mm -hmm. become flesh, right. The narrative entering the real world. And I think that's where he like cried in that one clip, yes, you know, really, yeah. and that's the big point. And I think that's when he's counting the cost. He's saying, if that's true, that changes everything. Right. That just literally changes everything. I don't think he's willing to take so that step. Close. It's too close, and it's going to take that real, just like uh, destroy you. You know, right, it's, yes. it's heartbreaking. It's going to break you down. And you know, I don't know if he'll face that. I hope he does. You know, but it would definitely change his his platform or shrink. Oh, I think yeah. if he became a true, really Bible believing Christian, his platform would shrink. Maybe I don't know. I mean, maybe he'd be he'd be hot for a little while. Yeah, you know, like Kanye yeah, goes Christian. Yes, exactly. You know. And then it'd be like, what's he doing? Yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Shapiro's no. one like that too, right? I, his religion is funny to me because it's superficially more constraining. Yeah. Like he, it requires him to do more as he can't do this, can't do this, can't do this. Where's this? Is that? Yeah. But it, it practically, it doesn't change anything about what he believes, thinks, feels like. He, yeah. He, he's still, he's still a materialist at heart. Yeah. And I, I think the problem with these kind of guys is there's no dividing line. Mm. There's no real like line in the sand of like, no, I can't believe this, and, right. and you ought not to either. Yes, that's they'll never say that. Well, that's when the when the uh, hot button issue when abortion comes up. Yeah, there's, there's always concessions. Well, it's that libertarian like, yes. well, you you know, this is just my way. Right, you can do you you want, and I never want to tell anybody else what to do. That's what'll keep uh, uh, Shapiro and uh, Peterson from being Christians mm. is the. I don't want to say you ought to do this. And that's... But then they do. That's what... <laughs> it's confusing. They do the same things that, like, Hitchens and... and uh, What's his name do? Dawkins do. Yeah. 
but only for like a in a humanist way. Yeah, not but in. I mean, any... That's what Hitchens and Dawkins do too. They're the same, the same thing. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, some say everyone does it, but I'm just right. saying, like, of that, like, this is not only true for me. Yes, it's yeah, true right. for you, and you have problem. You need to repent. They'll never say that. No, but they will write books saying this is a better way to live. <laughs> right, it's lifestyle change. <laughs> yes. Yeah, which is again, I'm afraid many Christians see that and think they're Christians because they've changed their lifestyle to be a Christian lifestyle. Or I mean, the idea of like. I need to improve my life. What do I do? I'm going to go to Barnes and Noble and pick up this book as opposed to like, well, have you tried the Bible or yeah. or church or any of these things that we have? Yeah. I don't know. So verdict on Peterson, not a Christian, not even close. I don't even think he's even <laughs> as close <laughs> as people think realm. he is. Yeah. No, I think he, if anything, I think he got here and then went further. Yeah. It got scary and he ran away. Yeah. I think he's just, he just can't let go of that humanist, like it's pragmatic pragmatism. Mm. You know, and it's like, okay, I mean, yeah, a lot of stuff he says is true, but it's not, you know, it's more just because God is real and, he, right. and everyone knows it. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I'll be waiting to see when the musical comes out. Oh, God. I'll for sure watch that. Oh. Oh. <laughs> and in the meantime, uh, thanks for joining this week. Earlier edition. So, see how the new time works out for us. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll be back next week with more. Uh, hopefully more content, so we'll keep that coming. Until next time, this is the time, this is the place. We appreciate you. See you guys next week. Peace.